what's up everybody welcome to another episode of downtime with downside episode 164 and today we are here with ron bergenholz ron what's up man hey good evening hope everybody's good out there admit admit with all this covid bullshit going on i think we're as good as it's gonna get dude it's it's finally finally settling in you know what's yep. what's so weird man is i've already started getting into the uh to the mode of like, okay, well, this is how life is, and and that's kind of something that that scares me a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, for everybody that's not familiar with you, can you just give us like quick breakdown of who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Ron Bergenholtz, and I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I love I'm it. Sort of the, uh, <laughs> so to speak, the senior citizen of the of the Honda scene, I guess. Uh, I've been uh, in the import since 1988. I'll start off at the street races, obviously, in Compton, Maria, Anna, uh, Silmar, uh, Nogales, uh, that era, uh, where everybody met up at uh, Gardena. Puppin- Before it was Del Taco, it was called Puppin Taco. Got you. So, um, yeah, I'm just, just a gearhead. Uh, race competitively in NHRA, race competitively in Battle of the Imports. Uh, and lately, I've been I did Trans Am racing. Uh, obviously, I work for Nitto. I help out uh, with all with their marketing as a consultant. Um, currently, right now, uh, me and my other boss here locally, uh, we're going side by side racing, which is off road. And so, just anything racing in general, been an addict. For 20, 30, 32 years. Wow. Yeah. 32 years racing competitively, whether it be on the streets or on an off-road course or at, you know, a uh, road racing course, Detroit Belle Isle, uh, drifting, uh, still doing that, uh, helping our NITO teams win, um, and just overall gearhead. That's it. Just been an addict since 1988. There you go, man. Living legend, Ron. Some old guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you used to race bikes as well? Yeah. Okay. Me and my brother, uh, we did freestyle, free, you know, freestyle flatland competitively for like, I don't know. Geez, we did that for ooh, 10 years, I guess. You know? Yeah. Obviously, back in the day, Dennis McCoy, uh, Matt Hoffman, Ron Wilkerson, uh martin aparejo a lot of those guys from rad uh-huh. the rad movie um so that was that era but we 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 my dad drove us around at all the american freestyle events different private events for freestyle and you know just road bikes in fact um as soon as i'm so busy with racing that i Obviously, there's my Haro master in the background. Yeah, uh, you have to get on it. I'll, I'll 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 shoot some videos on Instagram. Watching a 48 year old man do tail whips and boomerangs Sweet. and decades and junk like that on a bike. So, but yeah, I'm still. I can. Well, I'm about to find out as soon as I get up <laughs> back on my bike. I I think I could still do it. No problem. Yeah, there's you know? there's something something about you know jumping on a, a bike or a skateboard or something yeah. like that. It's just all that muscle memory. It just comes back yeah. to you. Yeah, skating for two years. I think it was uh, uh, eighth and ninth grade skateboard for a little bit. Gotcha. But mostly bike was the passion. And then before that, obviously, 
me and my brother were racing competitive RC cars. Yeah. So that's that's where it started, I guess. You know what I mean? Because uh, if you can work on an RC car, you can work on the big thing, I guess. Yeah. Right. It's all just moving parts, in theory. Yeah. So uh, yeah. what's the what's the age difference between you and Ed? Uh, I'm a year and a half older than Ed. But if you were to meet, meet me and Ed in person, you'd figure he was the older one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I'm, he, he's a corporate guy. Got me, you. I've, been, I've been messing around with racing nonstop. You know, uh, never, I've been in a corporate environment once. Had to go to corporate meetings because of sponsorships and that sort of thing. But, you know, I'm a kid at heart. Yeah, you know? definitely, so, man. You know, I have a humongous Star Wars collection, big Star Wars head. Um I'm still a big kid at heart. Look, my body feels like it's about 60. My mind's still, I don't know, 16, 18. <laughs> you know what I mean? Physically, I'm actually, you know, 40, late 40s. <laughs> I feel the same, man. I feel the same. Yeah. My, my son, he just turned 13, and about a year ago, he wanted to get into skateboarding just as any, you know, uh, junior high kid would. I said, okay, let's go. I'll just get you a skateboard. So got him a complete. I'm like, hey. Might as well just get one, too. I haven't had one in about 10 years. Right when I got it, man, I was hooked. And I'm still hooked <laughs> to this day. I can't wait till all this is over so we can hit the skate park. Mm. But uh, it well, is. You, got, you guys got to worry out there. Oh, you can do it in the street. But if you go to skate park, I don't know how it is with California with the social distancing going on. You know what I mean? Man, it's crazy. They show the videos of the skate park in Venice. And they actually mm. filled the, the skate park up with sand. So they bulldoze oh, really? sand inside of it. And then I'm seeing other videos pop up of them doing like, a, I don't know if you know what knobbing is. It's like on the rail. They'll put mm -hmm. they'll put metal things on it so yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, grind it. That. They actually knobbed the skate park. It's crazy. What do you do, man? Yeah. Com Communist California. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had to make it out to Houston, right? Yeah, I, I love it here. It's it it's all about being free even with all this covid stuff that was going on uh and there's a discrepancy between north houston and south houston north houston's uh extremely free so to speak and so south houston i mean they got a they got an order down there that everybody's pissed off about that if you're not caught wearing if you're not wearing a mask in public they're gonna fine you a thousand bucks wow you know really I mean? yeah south houston's completely different animal than north houston Dude, and what's so crazy about that is just not even, what, a month and a half ago, they were saying that it's not even airborne and you don't even need mask. It's well, you know, if we were to get on the COVID thing, I mean, the biggest thing is just to stay healthy, exercise. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, I was supposed to be a doctor, for God's sake. I, I was on my verge of, you know, get uh, going to uh, medical school, right? Yeah. And so the biggest thing with anything, right, and here I am smoking. But, <laughs> Um, the biggest thing is just staying healthy. You know yeah. what I mean? Staying active. Get your get your heart going. Get your blood flowing. You know, get get all the contaminants out of your blood because if if the, your blood is moving, then your liver can do the work, kidneys can do the work, that sort of thing. But you know, being stuck inside and playing Fortnite isn't the thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's not going to help out the immune system you at gotta all. You got to go outside and exercise. You know, watch what you eat. You know, that sort of thing, you know, yeah. fruit, fruits and vegetables are good for you. You know, orange juice, tons of tons of good stuff, not nukable food, so to speak. But yeah. anyways, that, that's that's on a different scale. Well, you're you're an Iron Man, Ron. You've uh, you've lived through uh, you've lived through so much. So 
I have faith yeah. that you'll pull through strong. Ra racing does this. <laughs> racing does this. Everybody on my crew is bald. Uh, Ed's gone bald. Uh, Vince Tiago, who works for GM Powertrain, uh, he he he's gone bald. Sab, he's gone, oh the only guy that hasn't got bald is Kurt Gasper. Uh, Ramel's got gone bald. <laughs> yeah, ra racing makes you makes you stress out and. You know, hurry up and get to the staging lane. Hurry up and fit, repair a motor in 30 minutes. You know what I mean? It's it's a high-stress environment, but the the rewards with drag racing, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, obviously, this, this is the biggest pain in the ass where it all started. You know what I mean? Yeah, let, let's but. get into it, man. So uh, the other day, I was on Facebook, and uh, <laughs> we've been talking about having you on the podcast for a while now, and just you being in Houston, us being here in California, logistically... It hasn't worked out. So uh, when we did the, uh, the the kind of collaboration podcast at SEMA, we were having people stop by. We had you in for about 15 minutes, but um, this podcast is going to take a lot longer than that, man. So when I seen the picture of the CRX pop up the other day, it just sparked in my head like, man, I got to get on the horn with Ron. So um, so tell me about it, man. It looks It looks a lot different. What do you got going on now? Well, you know, it, it was uh, obviously what uh, we dedicated at the time to the uh, NHRA Museum, right? And so it was there for a while. And then obviously Carol Shelby died, mm -hmm. right? And dude, it's Carol Shelby, my God, you know what I mean? So they dedicated the whole museum to the Carol Shelby, uh, Carol Shelby exhibit. Gotcha. It's probably still there. But anyways, that's a while ago. And so at that time, right? uh i was getting out of california moving everything out right and so i put this car the crx excuse me i put the crx in my mother-in-law's garage and there it sat mm. for see we got here in 013 so it sat there for seven years untouched mm -hmm. okay seven years and so my mother-in-law you know i figured she needed the space in her garage so i pulled it out of there just this past weekend right and so i brought it home and i was just like wow you know it went out of sight out of mind right yeah yeah and so when i finally pulled it out and pulled it in the garage i was just like wow it still looks still looks good you know what i mean and maybe a little quick detail and stuff like that but yeah. um you know you have always always have these dreams of grandeur right same thing with my integra that's sitting sitting over here right um you know, you know, I've, I don't know. I'll put some motor in it so I can go putting it around the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Slam the shit. <laughs> but uh, when I do have time, um, I figure my retirement will probably be get the Integra done and get the CRX. I'm, I'm almost there, but nice. You know, uh, when I do have time, you know, I'll, I'll get on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do want to get on it. I do want to drive it. The extent on how hard you want to drive it depends. And, you know, as you get older, you know, and I'm the old guy, right? You know, you got kids, you got financial responsibilities and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I, I have dreams of get it, driving the, getting this thing driven and, you know, maybe do a couple passes. Maybe you can do a, a high. The last time it ran it, uh, Dr. Charles drove it mm. to 72 at 176. Yeah. So that'd be cool if it could still do eight. Maybe with the newest technology that we can put in it, what we know now, 
putting into it. I I don't see why not. This thing can't hit a mid to low eight. Yeah, definitely. It won't be the most stable thing around because the wheelbase is so short and the motor's this way rather than this way, you know. But yeah, I, I have my my. Uh, I'd love to see this car back together and the Integra back together, and and I know it's going to happen before I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. So definitely um, yeah, some projects. You know what I mean? Definitely, man. But, uh, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it in, uh, seeing it again. Um, Brings back a lot of memories. I bet, you know man. I mean? You know, uh, seeing it back in the in my garage or a, a garage uh, reminds me of all the times when me, Ed, and the crew were sitting in a garage drinking beer and looking at it and going, "What, what can we do to make it faster?" Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the beauty of a of drag racing is that you're never happy. You know what I mean. You're happy when it happens. And you enjoy that moment when it runs a number on the track, right? And, you know, the team's celebrating. We're like, I can't believe it hit that number. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what can we do to go from a, I don't know, uh, uh, 800 to a 799? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. to speak, right? And it, it's kind of shitty, actually, because you're never really happy. Yeah, You're always pushing and pushing. And drag racing mentality is... A very uh, messed up thing. I remember uh, uh, the chief guy for NHRA Sport Compact, Jim Skelly. Um, it's a we'd win, we'd win, we'd won against we'd win a race against uh, an NHRA Pro Front Wheel Drive, right? Yeah. And then that everybody beats already, winner circle, all that stuff. And I'd be sitting in the corner, and then Jim Skelly came up to me. He goes, "Dude, why are you? Shouldn't you be celebrating?" I go, "Man." And props to GM. They kept Bergnall's racing on their toes. But uh, when I, he goes, how come you're sad in the corner and you're not celebrating with the team? I go, well, I'm thinking about the next race. I go, dude, these GM guys are going to be pissed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to come back swinging even harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who knows how much more money they're going to dump in into their teams. You know what I mean? So you're always thinking about going quicker, always going faster, always improving. And a lot of, uh, I would imagine most drag racers take that in the regular life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it'd be, they want the most out of their kids or they want the most out of their financial being. But again, it's funny, I was just talking about it today. It might be, it might be cheaper to do drugs than to go into racing. <laughs> yeah. But, Racing, racing's a big addiction. Um, I I haven't stopped doing racing in general competitively, even uh, for Nitto tires with our drift teams. Right, um, I do whatever I can that I am capable of. Right yeah. to arm all our sponsored teams with information. You know what I mean? Uh, I do a, do a lot of performance analysis and on all the teams. You know what I mean? And their competitors. So that way I can feed that information to them. Maybe they can use that for the next round. You know what I mean? Um, uh, even with middle marketing, you know, what can we do to this? What can we do to attack this? You're all a drag racers mentality is, is completely different than a normal human being. It's almost very maniacal. It, I, I'd have to say, and uh, rest in peace. Uh, Kobe Bryant had that mentality, you know, yeah. the Mamba mentality. When he'd describe it, 
it's a lot like the drag racers mentality. You, you ne you're always working nonstop. 99.9% uh, .9 of the time you're working and that 0.1 that you do enjoy it, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's worth every cent of blood, sweat, tears. But Kobe Bryant put it best um, on a side note, right? Um, now, mind you, I've been out competitive, out of competition personally you know as a team owner yeah uh, uh for a long time since 08 mm -hmm. right and it's funny um before kobe died right and this was january and it, it maybe i shouldn't admit well i'll admit it anyway okay when when you're a competitive person and you're always looking to for your next foe yeah. your competitor right um, you're always looking to pick a fight, you know what I mean, and win. And when you've gotten a taste of winning, you can't, you you can't have anything more. I mean, it it, it, it it's like a drug, right? Yeah. And so, it's sort of depressing, mm -hmm. right? Um, where you don't have an enemy anymore, you know what I mean? Where you do your best, you know what I mean? Obviously, I've done Trans Am racing and drifting and but that's that's where I'm a, I'm a crew guy. You know what I mean? Where uh, it's not on me as a, me and Ed as a leader yeah. for the team. You know what I mean? I, I'd love to say I'm the leader, but I'm not. It, it's a cooperative effort. You know what I mean? Um, all my crew guys, and I have to give props. In uh, the honestly, beyond me, all right. There's an older guy that we always went to, uh, Derek Ige. Mm -hmm. He works for Mazda Mazda Speed or Mazda. R&D, right? We always went to him because he was the voice of reason. You know what I mean? He has more experience. I have a lot of respect for my, my older people, right? Or older people. Yeah. But um, the thing, and I, I've never openly admitted this, but I'll, you're getting this, is it's pretty depressing, just like the football players, right? I'm not saying I'm going to kill myself or something, yeah. right? Um, but I'm looking... I have this this fire, and it never goes away. It it it'll never go away, right? Um, where you want to succeed, you want to succeed in competition. It's one thing to get your business, and your business is doing good, and you know sales are good. You know that's great, right? Yeah. But when when you're racing, you want to you want to wreck wreck people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's there's a there's a primitive ferocity about it you know what i mean that's not the same as succeeding in business it's completely different you know what i mean um and i was trying before kobe died the first or second week of january where i was trying to find his email mm -hmm. right i don't i don't understand how kobe retired yeah and transitioned that energy of course he succeeded with oscars of course he succeeded with his book and being a well mind you he went to coaching mm -hmm. and I, i'm a coach mm -hmm. right actually that that's the closest thing i got was coaching basketball right and that that's a mean ferocity right it's the same thing as as racing but you want you i wanted to ask kobe how do you turn that off yeah how do you turn that off it, it, it it's a weird thing to describe only racers who who have seen glory, 
whether it be an ET or winning a round or anything, right? Yeah. That never leaves you. It never does. Even being in retirement or from a team owner's perspective for the past 12 years for me, right? Um, it's been hard. You know what I mean? Because you're always like, damn, you, you want to live that, that, that ferocious mentality. You know what I mean? Um, but, and for me personally, I try to channel that energy towards, towards like Nitto, you know what I mean? Succeeding. I, I love Nitto. Nitto's, I've been with Nitto since 1996. And so I want Nitto to succeed. I want Nitto to kick ass. So I, I try to channel all that ferocity, right? Towards Nitto being, being the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it be ideas or that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but um, it never leaves you. I know, I don't know when, but there'll be one day, one day before I'm dead where I'll be back, or my whole team will be back. Vince, Sav, Ramel, Kurt, Derek, Ed, me. You know, Ed's got guy with Jason Parks right now. Yeah. You know, he's, he's competitive, and I know that that fuels that fire for him, which is good. Yeah. He has no control over that team, but uh, because he's not team owner. Jason Parks is team owner. Ed's just there to, to drive consistently. Yeah. Right? But I know there'll be a time sometime before I'm dead where I'll be able to go on a track and we'll get the team together, that chemistry, and that team right there. Those, those guys are more than just friends. Those guys are my brothers. Yeah. Where we'll get the team together. And mind you, you know, your brother, my brother's Ed, right? Yeah. But my brother's Ed, Vince, Ramel, Kurt, uh, Derek, you know, all those guys. Those are all my brothers, right? That we'll get together and we'll go up, go for a fight. You know what I mean? We'll go to kick some ass. We'll go to, to beat people up. You know what I mean? Or even, and at that, at that, also get beat down too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but when you fall on the ground, um, you have to get up. And mind you, yeah, we blew up a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was very painful. I mean, Vince will tell you. Vince Tiago will tell you. I mean... Dude, just trying to contain fourteen hundred horsepower will make you go crazy. You know what I mean? It'll it'll make you go nuts. But with every in order to succeed, you got to fail ninety nine times. Yeah, you know I mean, there's there's no choice. Um, uh, it's a lot when you're young and single or uh, not married, right? You can take those risks. But with everybody older, you know, there'll be a reunion. You know, we still all keep in contact at least at least once a month, you know, sometimes once a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, With most of that stuff, you you kind of just got to make it happen, you know? Um, I see with with the import community you know with so many other communities such as a hot rod community or even any other sports or anything like that, football, baseball, what have you, the history goes so far back, right? Now, yeah. as far it's as the same mentality, yeah, it's as the same mentality, whether it was 1988 at the street races to our championships years in 2006, the mentality was still the same. It's just a matter of bringing the right group together that have the same mentality and it works. 
it actually works the same in business too. Um, if you have all your generals and all your crew, you know, even the lowest, the, the guy that's sweeping the floors, it don't matter, right? Yeah. If, if everybody's on the same page to kick ass, take names, and and bust ass, it, it, it it's 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 retarded. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and and you know, Kobe will tell you. You know what I mean? What he went through on his last championship year with Pau Gasol, Ron Artest, uh, Lamar Odom, when they interviewed him on uh, whatever the, the, I forgot, he said, that brotherhood will last forever. Yeah. And remember, he did forever. <laughs> and same thing with my crew. That, that bond will last forever because in order to achieve greatness, mm -hmm. right, in order to achieve greatness, it it's it, it truly is blood sweat and tears a lot of characters a lot of characters buy their way in some characters they just buy their way in one of the biggest things that our crew is that we were working on it we didn't buy nothing yeah that's why during the mazda days right with my brothers mm -hmm. right we didn't buy any of that you know what I mean? We, we, I, dude, my crew will tell you, dude, I'd put 10, 10 dudes in a, I'd put the whole crew in one hotel room. Yeah. You had guys sleeping in the bathtub, you had guys <laughs> sleeping underneath the sink, and they didn't mind. You know why? Because they'll, they hated me for it, right? <laughs> but, but everybody was on the same page for greatness. Yeah. Not, and, and mind you, Nobody was getting paid, okay? Nobody was getting paid, no one, okay? So we didn't buy those championships. We didn't throw dollars at it, right? Of course, our budgets were enough to run all those NHRA events, okay? Run those NHRA events. And we didn't buy any of that. We, we, Ed and Derek would sit in front of the computer for hours on end studying data logs. Hours on end, right? Me and Vince are back at go at his shop, right? Mm -hmm. Working nonstop to figure out why this is breaking or that is breaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nonstop, and we did it. We we weren't paid by the hour. We we weren't. None of us were rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? We. That's one thing. I you know sometimes. Sometimes once in a while money wins. People yeah. just buy their way in, right? For to 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 for success, right? But in or the what what creates greatness, right? What creates greatness is here. Yeah. It's all here. You can't just I'm a firm believer that you can't just throw money in. Here, good example. I'll speak I'll, I'll spit some history, right? Uh, what was it? 1999. In fact, let's go 1998. Okay. 1998, uh, October SEMA. Okay. Okay. okay October 1998 SEMA. So, you know, everybody goes to SEMA to see the latest and greatest car, see what people are doing, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And so <coughs> everybody shows, everybody shows up. And Stephen Papadakis shows up with this tube chassis yellow <laughs> Civic. Okay? 
and every okay everybody everybody's wondering if you can get in the nines right everybody's running tens blah 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 whatever it was like mid to high tens yeah right and so everybody's going what the fuck <laughs> you know god rest his soul sean carlson right built that amazing machine amazing right yeah doing a, a, a amazing uh, Steph and Sean did something amazing, right? They reinvented, just like Stephen Curry re- reinventing a- the NBA, mm-hmm. right? It's not about the center; it's about the outside shot, right? Stephen and Sean create this tube chassis thing, amazing, beautiful machine. Right? And me and Ed are going, "What the fuck, dude? <laughs> we don't got money for that." You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't know anybody capable of building a tube chassis car are you kidding me right amazing i I, i'm not going to take it away but me personally okay this is my opinion Mm -hmm. right is i was just like no fucking way Mm -hmm. uh famous words of benny 10 i may not have a million million dollars but i got a million fucking ideas okay yeah so uh post sema 1998, after Stephen and Sean Carlson debuted the new form Civic, right, the yellow one, everybody's all going, dude, there's no way, yeah. right? Got to build the tube chassis car to do that. So me and the guys, our crew at the time, were like, dude, what can we do, right? We go, well, fuck it, right? We don't got a lot of money. We have some sponsorship, you know what I mean? We have some. I mean, it's nothing amazing we don't have access to somebody like sean carlson yeah to build something we don't have the money to build something like that right and so now Vinny 10 comes into play may not have a million dollars million ideas boom wheelie bar comes out Mm -hmm. we think of that we're like god that's gonna fucking work right and so we put them on right and you know when battle the imports doesn't start till april and in a nutshell, what we wanted to prove, right? Uh-huh. What we wanted to prove was you didn't need to do that. You don't need to do that, right? At all. Yeah. Right? The common man with a CRX, right? Uh, that looks like a regular car that you can drive on the road, non tube chassis, can do it. Yeah. So obviously, we kept the wheelie bar thing quiet, right? And um, so we kept it secret, right? And obviously Palmdale was where it's at. That was where it all started, right? Mm-hmm. As far as professionally is concerned, right? And so um, uh, ever since that point, right, we are firm believers that money doesn't win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Money does not fucking win, right? Heart wins. Mm-hmm. And that started in 1998, right? And so, actually, it started earlier than that. But anyways, um, uh, we we know, we didn't want anybody to know about it, so we kept it secret, right? And then we knew Sundays, you know, fucking young racers, they ain't going to wake up early to go to fucking Palmdale, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to be home asleep because they were partying the night before yeah. on, you know, Saturday night or whatever. So we show up on Sunday with these bars on, right? Yeah. And obviously, you know, all the domestics are making fun of us, right? And uh, we go out there, and we're like, oh. And the record at the time was a 10.52 or something, okay. right? Um, 
and we go out there and blast a 1036. And we're like, oh my God, it works, it works, it works. <laughs> and then it blasted a 1039, right? And we're like, and we're like, dude, done. Let's put this thing in the trailer and we'll hide it. Yeah. So we hit it, and that was testing in January and February, right? And we knew Steph was going to debut his car, right? Uh huh. At uh, at battle at April, okay. Right, that's the opener, right? Okay. And you know he he goes out there and uh, uh, cracks. I think he cracked a nine eighty nine. Okay. Right. In that April, and we cracked a ten thirty six. Uh-huh. Right. And so you know we're that close, right? And so uh, all of a sudden, uh, the next battle was like three or four months later, right? And mind you, the record for a front-wheel drive at the time was 989 by this tube chassis. N- nothing to take away from Stefan, Stefan and Sean, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful car. But we were on a mission to prove that you didn't need that. Gotcha. Right? And so uh, there's three months in between both battles, and 989 is a record. So we go to Pomona, right, on a street legal day, right? Uh-huh. And uh, 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 we go out there. On a street legal day, and crack a nine eighty seven. Wow! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, so we dethroned, we dethroned the tube chassis car. <laughs> right? I, I have the article; it's pretty cool. It gets even better than that. Nineteen ninety nine was an amazing year for us, right? And so we're like, "Oh my god!" Right? Ended up on the YouTube exist back in the day. I don't remember. No. But anyways, so it cracks a 987 and beats Stefan's record that was set at a 989 in April. So it's like, it's a good good fight. You yeah, know? yeah, Stephen yeah. Stefan threw a punch, and then we throw a punch, right? So three months, the following weekend is hot in Fortnite. Okay. In, in uh, Long Beach, uh-huh. right? So we bring a big TV, somebody caught it, we plug it in, and we're, we're showing, showing the 987 <laughs> and just blasting the... Back in the day, back in the day, they had a import racing room called uh, Team AOL. Okay. So we went on there and just said, hey, you know, we're king, we're king, we're king. And then all of a sudden, I think uh, Frank Choi gives us a call. I think it was battle. Yeah. He goes, "Did you you ran a 987 on a street legal day?" I go, "Yep, <laughs> we ran a 987." So obviously that that April we debuted the wheelie bar right uh-huh. people are like what the fuck we are the only ones at ballet imports with wheelie bars it was cool right yeah and so um i guess that was our then the following race guess what everybody shows up with wheelie bars <laughs> stefan's got wheelie bars all the competitors got fucking wheelie bars non-stop right i love it and then uh i think we're going rounds you know it's running uh, we, I think we were fighting some issues around like a 10-10 during eliminations, right? And then we go, hey, Frank, 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 L- let us get into the uh, grudge grudge line, right? Yeah. And Steph's there, we're here, and then, then you know, yeah. fucking, they know we're fighting each other, right? And, you know, the crowd <laughs> and all that. So uh, I think Steph, Steph through first blood, uh, he threw a first punch, yeah. right, and cracked the nine. No, okay, no, we we cracked the nine ninety. Yeah, right. And then obviously he wasn't king at the time, right? 
and he comes back in that grudge line and runs a nine nine eighty five and okay. then dethrones us. Yeah. Right. And then after that, I think we cracked back at him, threw another punch at him with a nine eighty five, right? And then he comes back and we're lined up. It's not side by side. It's just like who can throw the number up. Gotcha, right? gotcha, gotcha. Right? And then he comes back and I think he cracked a nine a nine sixty nine maybe. Uh-huh. So we ran our best at a nine nine seventy eight. Yeah, no, nine seventy eight. And he 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 cracks a nine sixty nine, right? Wow. And so mind you, that's a tube chassis car against this unibody car with full interior. Okay. So it was a good fight, but the main point of the story, right? The main point of the story was to give hope yeah. to the common man. You know what I mean? That you don't need to do that. You know what I mean? It takes will and your brain and heart to get it done. Inevitably, uh, Stefan saw the full potential of that car ran eights and all that stuff. We can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, Obviously, in now, what, 20, 22 years later, right? 22 years late. Oh, no, 21 years later, uh-huh. uh, stock unibody car can do 790, yeah. right? That's given. That's just evolution. But at that time, you know, we, we wanted to prove that you didn't need to do that. And then in the grassroots magazine, it shows this means war. And it has our CRX like this and our and Stefan's car like this. It was pretty cool. Um, and nostalgic, but uh, our same same mantra was you didn't need money. Fast forward uh, six years later, uh-huh. okay, um, or actually four years later, GM GM comes into the scene with an amazing car. Same thing, same premise. This amazing car with amazing people, ex NASCAR people, blah blah blah. Right, all these people with, you know, they had the dream team. Yeah, you know, ex NASCAR people, people that were probably in LMS, you know, putting their efforts into this Marty Lagwood Ladwig drag car, mm-hmm. right? Pro front wheel drive. And I remember December of two thousand and four, right? We had the team together. We're we're fighting the fight. You know what I mean? We had our glory days with this car, or whatever. Obviously, running the motor this way is, is the ticket. That's the way to go. You know, engineering-wise, it launches better. <clears throat> and so Christmas of 2004, we're all gathered around. We're like, man, this is a fucking tall order. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Mazda. Mazda backed us up. It wasn't It wasn't anything like GM, mm-hmm. you know, as far as as far as the financing was concerned and the technology and the access to wind tunnels and the access to engine rooms and all this stuff. I mean, we were running our program out of a two-car garage, you know what I mean, with the help of uh, uh, using the machine shop with Vince Diaga at his shop, Yeah, you know what I mean, and Golden Eagle. So, you know, we go, well, we'll do what we can, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll try our best, you know, we'll pray. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, and you know, we'll do our best. You know what I mean, and so the first race of the year, Florida, Moroso, well, they call it Palm Beach International now, right? Okay. And you know, we just stayed steadfast, didn't concentrate. I mean, obviously, we're very, 
it was very disappointing seeing how, how crazy GM had become. Yeah. Right. And so, surprisingly enough, we win the first race. Oh, wow. At HRA, our first Wally. And we figured we'd, we had assumed that we'd never get a Wally, especially against that kind of that kind of behemoth of GM. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, we had, we, had a, we had a couple engineers support at Mazda and a couple people that were helping out. You know, nothing of the caliber of GM, you know what I mean? But after that first race, that light bulb went on. Like, wow, it, 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 same thing, whether it be 1988, 1999 against the, yeah. or 2005. Well, actually, we raced raced GM in 2004, and it was just it was rough. Okay, but 2005 when we first when we won that first race, um, uh, the heart and soul of our team and all the people who put their head into it, into into the program, it's possible. Yeah, it was possible. We're like, oh my God, Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. You know, so hope. Hope, it, 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 when you give hope to the common man, or you know what I mean, the uh, David David and Goliath, right? When you give hope to David, right, um, anything is possible. You know what I mean? I can, I, I can only imagine that that program was close or above seven figures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who were competing against? Um, ours wasn't anything near that, not even 50%. Yeah. Not even that. You know what I mean? Um, everybody, and the same saying goes: everybody's eating a cup of noodles, and we're putting ten people in a room. Yeah. At Motel Six. Yeah. Yeah. But that taste of winning that first race made it possible. So when that happened, and uh, with a little prayer and a little elbow grease and that sort of thing, things happened, right? And so we had the confidence. We knew we were capable. We knew we had nothing to lose, and we had we had we knew that we could try anything, without having to deal with red tape. Hey, can we do this? Can we do that? We gotcha, just did gotcha, it. Got you. Got you. You know what I mean? Um. Uh. So, me personally, I went on a tirade of that, a big tirade. The whole team went on a tirade that money isn't everything. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't. You need a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean to compete. But you didn't need a lot to do it. You know what I mean? And Benny Ten, that quote, that quote sticks out till the day I die. I may not have a million dollars, but I got a million fucking ideas. I right? love it. So, um, 2005 was a nice rolling year. I think we won four out of the four, four or five of the ten races. I don't remember. And we won the championship that year, right? Nice. And it was mere proof that. That money does not win. Heart and soul wins. And then now 2006 was coming around and, you know, me being that Mamba mentality, that Mamba mentality, even after we won the championship, you know, you know, it was fun and celebration, right, um, at the banquet. But I was already, even after that race ended in Pomona, I was thinking about next year. Yeah. I was thinking about next year. And mind you, Right after the last race of the year, we were back at it. What can we do? What can we do? Do testing, test, pump. I think, yeah, Palm Day was still around in 06. 
and we tested, 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 tested nonstop. What can we do? New strategies, new new ways we did the engine. Oh, we could do this. What well, we found out in the engine, uh, the team was at it nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nonstop because we wanted to. You get a taste of one championship, you want another one. Yeah. You want, you want another one. So all of a sudden, GM, we are competing against Marty Ladwig, 2005, Sean Carlson, Mopar. Um, uh, I don't know who the Honda guy was, but uh, uh, there was people were throwing money at it, right? Mm-hmm. So the competitor, there was competitors. 06, it gets even crazier, uh, uh, including Chris Rado in 05 with his crazy silica. And there's another guy with a lot of money. You know what I mean? A lot of means. And there's nothing wrong here. I'm not hating, mm-hmm. but I want, I wanted to prove, right? And good example is Hot Rod Class. Hot Rod Class got killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody stopped building those cars anymore because GM came out with their Hot Rod car, which just started waxing ass and people lost hope, right? And so in Obviously, Pro Front Wheel Drive is a different story. You know what I mean? It's all cheap chassis, but still, in the grand scheme of things, on 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 levels, right? Yeah. We we didn't have the means that GM did. I mean, dude, I was we are operating that out of a, a two car garage. You know what I mean? Not out of not a I don't know thirty twenty thousand square foot building. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is yeah, GM yeah. was way bigger than that. And mind you, I love GM GM now. You know, two of my best. Two of my brothers work for him, Sav Leone and Vince Diego, but I'm just telling a story. Got you. Um, and, and God bless him. And I've told the main guy, uh, Russ, I forgot what Russ's name was, but he was the main guy for GM, mm-hmm. right? And if it wasn't for them, okay, if it wasn't for them, me and my crew would have never stepped up our game because they were, they were aggressive. You know what I mean? We, we, they were, they were a mean enemy for us. You know what I mean? And it, 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 it caused me personally, my opinion caused me personally to go above and beyond. Yeah. You know, the Mamba mentality. So 06 comes around and they throw, geez, four tube chassis cars at us. I think it was Gary Gardella, Marty Ladwig, uh, maybe three. Gary Gardella, Marty Ladwig, and, and uh, uh, G- the, the Mako Tools car. And so we're like, oh, my God. Dude. And, oh, Brian Jimenez in okay. a hot rod car that's super light. And so now you got Chris Rado, four GM cars, uh, fucking mobile. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, Sean Carlson went to Pro Stock or whatever. But you got all these cars with a lot of backing. Yeah. And we're like, oh my god, dude! They see this is reason our team is bald, right? And so, oh six, we we fought, we 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 competed, we pushed the envelope, and luckily enough, you know, we got it again. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So back to back, oh five and oh six NHRA Pro Front Wheel Drive Championships, and the last year of the NHRA back is obviously Gary Gardella got that one. Uh-huh. Uh, we lost uh, we lost some personnel um, uh, to our competitor, which I applaud. Great move. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll be, you know, it wounded us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But 
uh, we did what we could to fight in 2007, and then NHRA left. You know what I mean? And with NHRA leaving, with the you know t- back in the day it was a TV package. Gotcha, you know what gotcha. I mean? And NHRA is gone. You know what I mean? And then Bergenholtz Racing transitioned to drifting. You know what I mean? Got you, man. We uh, so that's the history of the mentality Bergenholtz Racing had with our team, right? That now, wow, I went must have went in thirty minutes. That remember for all those people competing now. And anything in life in general could be racing. It could be fighting from poverty. Could be living on the streets. And Jason Park, Jason Park's a good example. He used, I guess he used to live on the streets, right? Yeah. And he fought tooth and nail, all on his own, right, to form FCS. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, he had nothing. You know what I mean? He was working for Battle Imports during the 0809 as a tech guy or whatever yeah you know what i mean trying to fit in trying to find his niche and it so happened you know his niche was fcs you know what i mean so in a nutshell for all the viewers out there and to promote the so to speak mamba mentality right is you know when you're down and out you go above and beyond you go above and beyond. how much how much are you willing to sacrifice how much, and I'm going to quote, these are Kobe's words, how much are you going to sacrifice your family? How much are you going to sacrifice being a good friend? How much are you going to sacrifice not going out? How much are you going to sacrifice living in the garage 18 hours out of the day? You know what I mean? Or 18 hours in front of a computer or 18 hours building a business. Um, greatness doesn't, isn't handed to you. Yeah. It's not handed to you at all. It, it, it requires going above and beyond. It requires being maniacal. It requires uh, being in the gym, you know, waking up at four in the morning and being in the gym and practicing that jump shot or that layup or working on motors or analyzing pistons. Or, But you have to go above and beyond. Um, it, gets, it gets a little harder as you get older. Um, uh, your joints hurt for me personally. Um, uh, I mean, I'm doing it now. Yeah. We're trying to get ready for a side by side race this week for this weekend. I've done, I've done two 11 hour days straight and my ankles hurt. Um, treasure your youth. If you want to do crazy stuff and, and shoot for greatness when you have no wife, no mortgage, um, for all the young guys out there, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Um, when you get older, it hurts. Um, I'm 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 in my late forties, and getting ready for a last minute race in in side by side race, it, it hurts. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm trying to see if I can pull this off. For my team owner, which is Napoleon Motorsports, um, but as you get older, it, it, it's rough on your body. I mean, all those years of doing twenty-four hours and eighteen hours, your ankles hurt, your yeah. knees hurt, your neck hurts. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can go back to that lifestyle. I don't know if I can, right? Um, uh, I don't know. 
I hope my boss understands, but, um, but you know, that, that lifestyle while you're still young in your thirties, maybe early forties, you can pull it off. Yeah. Right. Um, in your early twenties, if you can't do it in your twenties, man, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But, um, go for it. Right. Put the work in. Um, don't put, put in anything, put the work in for the passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Put the work in for that passion. Don't put the work in to be famous. Don't put the work in because you're getting paid. You know what I mean? Put the work in because you believe you can accomplish great greatness. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't recommend making, putting greatness and taking risk, um, when you have a family. Yeah. Or when you have mouths to feed, um, when you're the breadwinner of your family, I, I don't recommend taking risks like that. You know what I mean? Don't go all in on stuff like that. Take care of your family. Take calculated risks. But when you're young and you don't have financial responsibilities, go for it. Go for it. Um, I was supposed to go pre-med. Before you go pre-med as a doctor, you have a mentor. Uh, I had asked my mentor, who was a doctor, I asked him, hey, how do you like your job? He goes, why are you asking? I go, dude, I'm studying to be you. <laughs> and he goes, well, Ron, why, why do you want to be a doctor? I go, I'm good at it. You know, it's, it's intriguing. I, li- I like it. He goes, do you love it? I go, no. He goes, Ron, what do you love? And this, I was 21. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe 20. I don't remember. He goes, what do you love? I go, I love racing. <laughs> he goes, do that. What? And I had a 3.8 GPA. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he goes, well, do that. I I go, are you serious? He goes, dude, Ron, um, I'm 38. I'm working 14-hour shifts. I've been studying for my whole life. He goes, my youth is gone. Gone. He goes, you're still young. He goes, if you want to be a doctor, you can always go back. He goes, do if you love racing, do that. I fucking dropped out. I hid that shit from my parents for a year and a half. I took the money they gave me for tuition and dumped it into my car. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, I went for it. Yeah. I wanted to be the fastest on the streets or whatever. Be the fastest at battle, whatever, right? Got in the credit card debt. And you, when you're young, you can get away with getting in the credit card debt. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't have a mortgage. You don't have debt. You don't have small children. Um, you can get away with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but when, and mind you, if you're in your mid-30s and you don't have a mortgage or you've played your finances right and you have some extra disposable income, yeah, go for it. You know what I mean? Go for it. Go for it. Go, go for trying to be the quickest. Go for it. Um, just be fiscally responsible. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, uh, don't take any risks that would endanger others. You know what I mean? And their well-being. Yeah. But um, a lot of us, Vince, uh, my brother, we were all, we weren't married. You know, Ed had a mortgage. Yeah. Um, but he, he was a computer nerd. You know what I mean? So his, his finances make sense to take that risk. You know what I mean? Um, he was keeping me alive, actually. You know what I mean? I was living in his house, taking, ri- you know, 
and I was committed to the dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was like, I don't know, four or five, six years where I was making 10 grand a year. You know what oh, I mean? Shit. And working my, working my ass off. And the thing I was happy about was, you know, uh, I didn't have to pay rent or anything of that nature. You know what I mean? I was living in Ed's house. Um, I was borrowing money from him to keep the business afloat. You know what I mean? Um, and I did that for a long time. I left AEM in 99. Okay. And it was a nice job. I was getting, you know, AEM took care of me. You know what I mean? And I left it all for the dream. You know what so I mean? So that's when you started racing uh, professionally in, in 90. Or at least full time. Gotcha, gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. Full time. Now, how how is your passion for Hondas at the moment? Well, here, it boils down to the same thing. Same thing. You can't tell me no, right? At, and think about how stupid this sounds, okay? Funk wheel drive? Racing? Mm-hmm. In a straight line? So, for, for us... At the time, for us at the time, you know, it was imports, right? In 88 to 93. Yeah. Right. And we, of course, you know, imports raced other imports, but our main purpose was to go race the Mustang. You know what I mean? Something that the Mustang's going to win. Yeah. So for us as imports, we didn't want to do something that was already done, right? We wanted to do something that was considered impossible. Really? A front wheel drive, really, right? And so, you know, we'd be racing our Civics, Integras, whatever, against these rear wheel drives, right? And so, you know, fast forward 20 World Cup, same shit, right? But all the way back in 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, right? We, we put money into these front wheel drives. The import arena wanted to do something that already ha- wasn't done, you know? And if you do the math, I mean, 88, you know, drag racing's been in since the 40s. So that's 40 years of doing rear-wheel drive racing, right? But all of a sudden, you got these stupid kids, right, wanting a challenge. Mm-hmm. Something d- being involved in a, a type of racing that their dad wasn't into. You know, and I'm sure there's several sons out there who had dads who had Mustangs, and the dad's all, you got the drive wheels in the wrong spot. Yeah. But we, our generation, wanted a challenge. Yeah. You know, you want to do something different. And so, uh, at the time, you know, Honda provided a vehicle, right, with the correct price point for, you know, most of us were college students, you know what I mean? And our, we, that was the economical car that fit our budgets at the time, you know what I mean? Uh, and we liked them. It was different, you know what I mean? It's front-wheel drive, and the cars were cheap. You know what I mean? And the motors were good. You know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, that small little import market, right? Very niche, right? Um, that's where we were racing those cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where the import industry really got up. Of course, you know, I have to safely say I'm second generation street racer imports. You know what I mean? The first generation is actually... Uh, uh, Dean Hanano, Shoreline Racing, uh, uh, probably Frank Choi, you know, in the mid mid eighties. Okay. Uh, 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 Todd Kaneko, 
you know, that era with their RX-3s and uh, 85 CRXs, you know what I mean? But it, they were the first ones doing that, gotcha. right? But then it started catching on in my generation where it was bigger, 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 bigger. You know, those are our forefathers. And then the second generation really blew, propelled it. So you saying uh, these guys, uh, Frank Choi and the other guys, they were first generation uh, yeah, those are first generation. Okay, you you being second generation, can you, can you paint that picture for me, please? What that looked like you coming into the uh, the the Honda community? <laughs> okay, I'll I'll speak from my personal experience, right? Okay. And so we're at the time in '87, '88. Uh, I was still riding bikes, doing freestyle, competing, whatever, right? And this is the guy. This is the guy that got me and Ed in the. So, Ruji Hora, friend of mine, that rode bikes, amazing freestyler, amazing, right? Uh, he he starts riding with us, and he has a slammed 87 Integra. Like, Why are you doing that? And he's got exhaust on it, all kinds of shit. And goes, let me take you somewhere. Yeah. So, I jump in, in his car, and it was, I think it was 87, the, the fall of 87. And he takes me to Noggles, which is Del Taco now. Okay. And I'm like, whoa. And that's in Compton? Uh, right there, uh, 405 Freeway and uh, what's the exit? Torrance, I think. Okay. No, it's not Torrance. Uh, to yeah, it might be Torrance. It's right where King Hawaiian's at. Okay. King Hawaiian Bread. Or where Toyota's at. Okay. Toyota Corporate. Well, it's not there anymore. It's in Dallas now. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so we go there and we go there and we get a bite to eat. I see a few things and I'm like, going, oh, cool, whatever. Right. And then we go to Compton and we go down Maria street and I'm like, oh, holy shit. And nothing but imports, a couple of domestic just, streets are lined. Right. Yeah. And obviously it's just like, that's where fast and furious came in. Right. Got you. And you know, there's chicks there and shit like that. And we're like, fuck <laughs> This is fucking badass, right? And so, you know, we were watching through Aces and shit, and then I'm, I'm hooked. I'm like, this place is badass, right? Yeah. And it's social. Back in the day, you know, fucking the only time to get social is to go on, go to clubs or the street Aces. Yeah. There's no Facebook. There's no fucking Instagram. There's no YouTube. There's none of that shit, right? So we go to street races. And I'm hooked. And Ruji Hora got me hooked. Uh, unfortunately, I started off with a Jetta. And then Jetta wasn't... Ha well, no, I... Yeah, I had a Jetta. That didn't last long. And then I ended up getting an Accord, Nitrous, that sort of shit. And then I almost killed myself in it, whatever. Um, so <laughs> that era was all Maria and Anna and Silmar. Okay. Right? Helicopters, a whole bit. It was exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like how you see in Fast Beers. Yeah. It's exciting back in 88, 89, 90, 91. You know what I mean? Um, uh, cars are lined up. Helicopters come in. Everybody fucking sprouts area. Everybody's got their hiding spots. Everybody starts putting, you know, their crew name on the side. Uh, my team was uh, at the time was uh, IRS, Import Racing Society, right? Um you had, uh, sh no, Shoreline, they got older. Um, 
Black Magic Racing, jeez, uh, uh, Pack Performance out of Cerritos, uh, The King of the Hill with Split Second Racing out of Carson, right? Um, and then, you know, everybody met there. You know, money comes out, hey, man, you know, hey, I don't got nothing, you know, stock, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, it's going to cost you 20 bucks, Pop Hood. Pop Hood, you don't see anything. Nitrous is in the airbox. Nitrous is in the fucking positive K case ventilation. Uh, tanks hell, hidden in the quarter panels. Oh, light speed header. You know, they didn't make parts back in the day. Yeah. Okay? So they didn't make parts, right? There's only a handful light speed headers, HKS exhaust. Uh, Mugen exhaust, uh, uh, K&N air filters, Kona AEM, John Concialdi, he showed, I think he showed up there a couple, anyways, <laughs> uh, AEM was a big proprietor in pushing these parts, right? Gotcha, There's only gotcha, a gotcha. small amount, right? And everybody bought those parts and, um, everybody got their SSR wheels. Now here, here's a careful difference, right? Is back in the day, because... Nobody made anything. China hadn't got a hold of the industry yet. Yeah. So this shit was expensive, right? Wheels were expensive. Headers were expensive. Air filters were expensive. Nitrous was expensive. Uh, if you had port and polish, you were king, uh-huh. right? And RC Engineering did that. AEM did that. Cosworth did that. But you, you were cream of the crop if you had somebody do that for you. You know what I mean? But the bolt-on stuff, everything I've named, SNS headers, that sort of shit, all this shit bolt-on shit right that you had to get the haul ass down there nobody was even doing tuning nobody was putting fucking computers on these things no right and so parts were scarce right but expensive mind yeah. you right you had to deliver a lot of pizzas or you had the you had the uh, uh you had the i don't know whatever job you had you know what i mean to get it done um so parts were scarce and Everybody had to be creative on how to get fast and beat these Mustangs out there or whatever Camaros, whatever the fuck it may be, right? So, um, uh, lot, then the, the cops started cracking down, right? They were blocking one end of Maria with a bus, blocking the other end of Maria with a bus. With Everybody buses? Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you make money off of tickets, right? And Whoa. so everybody gets citations, you know, a comp thing would make a shitload of money, right? Yeah. And so some people were actually getting uh, smoked, you know, getting killed. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. Uh, Miles' is homeboy, Ian, I knew him. He raced with uh, 80, uh, Precision Racing, uh-huh. right? He got, uh, you know, obviously this it's on the streets, Yeah. you know. Um, you, you had uh, gangbangers who street raced. Mm-hmm. imports yeah you know what i mean and so it, it was getting kind of rough and thank thank the good lord for frank Choi mm-hmm. to get it off the streets but with anything you know there's a transitional period you know what i mean and so you know same thing with any cherry driver you start off the street you've seen all those movies of those hot rods on the streets racing you know i don't remember what movies it was but you know that's where it came from there's a natural progression right so Frank Choi starts battling the import. So before we get to Frank Choi, um, I want I want to touch on that. But um, from '88 
to uh, 92, which is when I believe um, battle started. Right, right. Okay. So can you give me some some names from 88 to 92 that would have been, um, you know, like the big dogs, uh, fast cars, okay. people that are let's still around to this day? The, let's start off with the feared people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Archie Madrazo, split second racing out of Carson, right? Carson's a hard place, right? And so split second racing, they were hard. And mind you, a lot of these street racing crews were sort of like gangs, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, mm -hmm. they might as well have been in gangs, right? And so Archie was fast, split second racing. He was known on the streets. Um, I forgot what, damn, I suck. His buddy, I forgot what his name was. But anyway, split second was one of the fastest, right? Okay. And they were they were blue collar people you know what i mean they weren't rich or nothing but they were aggressive they gotcha. get it you know what i mean um uh and then you had pack performance out of cerritos right based out of cerritos cypress college right all that area there uh, i forgot i forgot what his name was right mm -hmm. and then my favorite reason i got i got into da's is captain neil bernard i forgot what crew he was from but he stuck out like a sore thumb. Like that car was gorgeous. Yeah. Had SSR Neos on it, slammed the fuck, right? He was one of the few people out there who had a fully built motor with n direct port nitrous, right? He had, he had a boatload of shit in that thing. He, Captain Neo was the fastest. Bernard, his parent, he was out of uh, West Covina. Okay. Right? I think his parents owned a furniture shop or something. And he was he, before there was magazines or any of that. It was all about Captain Neo, and that was his license plate, Captain Neo. That's really. And the Japanese festival in, in downtown LA, you know, you'd have a Japanese import crews, right? And all the heavy hitters were there. And you know? there was no such thing as import tuner. There was no such thing as as magazine super street. None of that existed. You went to the Japanese. Japanese festival in downtown LA to see all the imports, right? You went to the street races to see who was who was the fastest and who was of, you know, fame, you know what I mean? Or close to greatness on the streets, Yeah, right? So Archie, Bernard, um, Dean Hanano, Shoreline Racing, right? Uh -huh. he, he was, the, in my opinion, I think he was the OG, yeah. right? He had a fully built motor, I think from RC Engineering or something, had direct port nitrous, that sort of thing. Um, who else? Okay, Dino Nano, Bernard, uh, Archie, and then so some of these guys would be pissed at me. But anyways, you had the University of Irvine crew. Um, fuck, I forgot their name. It was right on the tip of my tongue, but those were all the all the. Uh, People with money. Got you, got you, right? got you. You know what I mean? Um, they had everything. Um, they had access. You know what I mean? They could buy everything. Buy everything in the HKS catalog. Put it on an Eclipse. <laughs> put everything in the HKS catalog. Put it on an Integra. Inline? No. Anyways. Got you. Uh, Mike Ferreira. Uh, D-Sport. Okay. Owner of D -Sport. Um, he was part of that crew. Um, and it's the same saying goes, right? Um and then my team, my my team disbanded, and we formed Wicked Racing. Oh, or shit. you know, I joined 
Dr. Charles and Bit Lamb. Uh, Bit was one of the fastest on the crew. Okay. This was sort of the tail end right before Battle of the Imports started. Bit Lamb was one of the fastest on the on the team. Gotcha. Um, Dr. Charles, another, you know, Wicked Racing. Yeah, you know hell I mean? yeah. Uh, so those were the, the fastest teams out there. Okay. Shoreline was OG. Shoreline was OG. Uh, Dina Nano was OG. Shoreline Racing. He was he was the main Honda guy, right? And mind you, this was, there's no magazines or nothing. This is word of mouth at clubs, at 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 street races, at the Nisei Festival in that era. So right? that that was Nisei, right? Where you're saying the downtown Japanese festival? Yes. Nisei. Yes. Okay, cool, yes. cool. Yeah, because uh, when I got into the community, Nisei it was on its final legs. Leave it there. It was. Uh, I think my Just first Nisei was 2009, and it was maybe a year or two after that when they stopped doing it. Okay, cool. Nisei cool. was, yeah, it was it was consistent in uh, probably I don't know uh, 89 to 93, or actually in the 90s. Gotcha. And you'd always do the Nisei cruise, and it wasn't organized or anything. You just cruise the festival. Gotcha. Right? Because Nisei Japanese, and then you know Civics and Tegras. Got you. Okay, so and so one one of that era. One of the reasons and then we would communicate by beeper, or by beeper, you know what I mean, <laughs> to set up street races. You know what I mean? What was We'd the code? Huh? What was the code? No, you just you knew somebody there. Yeah. At that shop, you know, like there'd be a you know Robo car. Um, oh, Speedline. That's the name of the UCI crowd. Speedline Speed racing. Okay. Yeah, those were all the. The guys with means, or uh, you know, you know, all the people with money God. to buy everything in the H catalog, catalog, buy everything, no problem, have everything on your car quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'll admit, you know what I mean. Wicked Racing, Wicked Racing would call up Shoreline Racing, or not Shoreline Racing. Wicked Racing would call up. Uh, what was the team? The UCI crowd? A Speedline. Be like, we'd call them up and set up a race. All right, let's meet up at a uh, Robo Car. Yeah, right. That was one, one. Uh, that's one race that didn't happen. But anyways, um, and you'd set up races. Oh, let's meet at Silmar. Let's meet at Maria. Got you. Or got you. Got you. You'd meet up with Split Second, and it was it was fun. The reason why it was so much fun, right, is there was no handshaking. Yeah. There was no like, oh yeah, let's you know, let's compete. I wasn't like that. <laughs> it was. It was talking shit. Yeah. A lot of talking shit. Um, and, you know, split second was hard. They, they, Archie had a mouth on him. Uh, Vit had a mouth on him. I mean, it, it was fun. Yeah. It's fun. A uh, little, little edgy sometimes. You know what I mean? Because, I don't know, you never know who's going to shoot somebody. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? Definitely. But Especially out there. Yeah. yeah. On the streets, it's. It, it it's free reign you know what i mean were you guys racing but, uh 135th and main back then where's that in uh compton uh not that i know of. i don't know the only two streets that everybody knew was marie and anna got you got you no marie and anna what, non-stop marie, marie and anna got you okay you know 135th and main is the i don't know if you've seen it but it's where they have all the street race videos and such is it next to the railroad tracks because uh, there's a street that we of. used to run alongside the railroad. No. 
Oh, okay. Then it's it's weird, know. man. It's like industrial, and right at the light, then it turns into uh, residential. That street mm. right there. But you could even look on Google Earth right now, and you'll see two black strips on it. Okay, I think it was last year, uh-huh. right? I went to Marie and Anna, right? Yeah. And I was just like, uh... The tracks are still here. Oh my god! It's probably it's the like, same. It's probably the same area. It was. It was nostalgic. The rubber is still there <laughs> to this day. What the fuck? So, um, so Ron, one of the reasons why I wanted to um, have you on the podcast, besides, um, you know, this this friendship that we've been that we've been growing for a few years, was I'm trying to paint a picture of the Honda community from. It's very earliest stages and every stage along the way. So that's why I'm asking you these names, the people that are around, because your name has come up so many times in previous podcasts. So I'm just trying to put everything together. The Honda community at the street races, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all raced, yeah. raced Hondas. At, fir- at first, it was going up against domestics. And then with so many Hondas out there and, you know, imports in general, but it's basically the Honda craze, right? Yeah. Is now we started fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And then all of a sudden, we're fighting each other at the street races, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, bam. Bat- the moon's aligned, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have Frank Choi at Palmdale. Now you have uh, Mike Ferreira with Turbo Magazine documenting a tree falling in the woods. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah documenting what's going on Togo. and then from 93 to 94 on including i have to give props to not only do you have the competitive part about of it right now you have also at the same time ken miyoshi forming in portrayal yeah let's talk right? about that a little bit man all right tell so, me what the early days so, of that was all right ken miyoshi right uh yeah he's i think he's my age yeah um Back in the day, in, he's from Cerritos, mm-hmm. okay? Cerritos is a, a big party crowd, right? You know, hip-hop back in the day, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? The early, very uh, early, yeah, mid, mid-beginnings mid of hip-hop, right? Yeah. And so, Ken Miyoshi used to throw a bunch of, you know, Asian clubs. You know what I mean? You'd go to a club, and that's another thing why you went to clubs, because you can see, ooh, bugs. That's not good. <laughs> Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, give me the uh, give me the uh, spray so that way I don't get bugs on me. Anyways, so um, what the hell? Get away! <laughs> I have to take this inside. Anyways, um, so um, he was throwing clubs, and anytime you went to a club, it was like a car show. Got you. Right. And so we was cool going to a club and then seeing all these fixed up cars there. And Ken Miyoshi goes, why don't I take this car show that's happening with all these, these people going to the club and put it in a building? Uh-huh. And so he forms. He, obviously, he knows all the people because he promotes for the club, right? And sends, you know, a little card. You put you up. And everybody, you know. You pass those cards around. You put them on all the fixed-up cards. And even I got one. And I was just like, oh, a car show for imports. Cool. Right? I think that was 94. 
Yeah, I think it might have been 94, right? Okay. And so I had my Integra, and I was just like, ah, cool, I shot my Integra, right? Yeah. And so, so uh, go to the first inaugural import shop in Pomona, I think it was 94. And it was stacked. You know, all imports showing up. Mike Fair and Turbo Magazine and Kip Kiddington. Kip Kiddington, God bless his soul. Yeah, I think he passed away last year, but uh, he, he, all the moons are aligning. Yeah, you got magazine yeah. coverage in the form of Kit Kimmington, Mike Ferreira. You have Battle of the Imports coming, and then you have Ken Miyoshi covering. So, race, uh, strip, show, and a magazine yeah. documenting this, and then it, it import show off starts going up. Frank Choice coming up, Turbo Magazine's coming up, and documenting. And it goes the same premise, right? Yeah. Same premise. How do you get this little motorcycle motor to power these cars to do amazing times, right? On the wrong wheels. Okay? Before it VA, 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 right? And, you know, four banger. You know, 2JZ, it's cool. You know what I mean? You know, obviously the 2JZ crowd. And you have to understand another thing, right? The economy was good after Reaganomics, mm-hmm. right? Late 80s, right? And so the money was there. Everything aligning up, right? And during the early 90s, right? The early 90s, that's when the Japanese company started. Supra came out. The, the 3000 GT, mm-hmm. the 300Z, the Mazda RX-7, all early 90s cars, right? Yeah. So manufacturers are coming out with sports cars because after Reaganomics... They, the general public has money to buy these cars, right? So we're sort of along for the ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hondas is a different thing. That's for the economical people, I guess. You know what I mean? But the thing the thing that was golden about it is it's front-wheel drive, and it's a little itty-bitty motor. You're like, really? Really? Yeah. Really? So that's why the Honda community grew so big in that era. And mind you, everything was aligned you know what i mean and nobody's done this right and so with all that being aligned you know it just shot up you know for god's sake edelbrock of all companies was making parts all these manufacturers were trying to get in the honda craze honda hondas were taking over in the 90s you know in sema you know what i mean because it was really you know what i mean and then same thing with a, what I've done with what we've done, uh, Napoleon Motorsports, right? Mm-hmm. We built the world's first electric drift car. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. Yeah, that, obviously that that's another doing things out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Out of the ordinary doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, that sort of thing. You know, yeah. but it's always good to be uh, in, in, uh, creative. You know what I mean? And do things that most people aren't doing. Yeah. Right? So let's uh, let's talk about the um, you know battle or import show off and the uh, the DA. When did you get the DA, and when did you realize right. that this was this was the area that you wanted to go to? Captain Neo. Okay, Captain yeah. Neo. Yeah, he 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 was my Michael Jordan when I first started off in street racing. Um, he, you know, I, when you're young. You want to you want to be recognized that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And not only not only did Captain Neo uh, look good, 
Mm-hmm. He was feared at the street races. Okay. You know what I mean? He was fast. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> dude, uh, back in the day, uh, back in the day, he had everything. The best of the best on his car. He'd show up to a club and go, hey, that's Bernard. You know, all the girls would go there. Oh, and, you shit. Know, you know, like, that's how it was yeah. when you were young. You know what I mean? And you wanted to shoot for that. You wanted to be recognized. You wanted to be the best. Gotcha. You. you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, that's, that's, that's my, my love started off with the DA because of him. Um, after that, I, 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 I did whatever I could to get that car, get it in that sort of profile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the first inaugural import show off, I got third place. Nice. You know what I mean? So I was hooked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what happens? When you have a show like that, whether or not you place or not, right? Because it's a first of its kind and it was big. People get hooked. They're like, dude, I want to participate in that. I want to show off my car. I want to show how cool it looks, blah, blah, blah. Right? And so what happens? We work harder. We dump money in our cars. It feeds the system. Mm-hmm. The import import system. You know what I mean? The magazine sky. I couldn't wait to go to 7-Eleven and pick up the latest turbo magazine or i think super street came out in 97 98 maybe i don't remember mm-hmm. i had the first one i don't remember what it was um and so all these magazines start coming out import tuner all that stuff covering these events right and so um they just got bigger and bigger and national and you know, it just took off. Manufacturers started feeding the system and building parts and making it so other people can build that. I mean, even today, you know, people know, oh, you need this turbo, you need this intercooler. The only thing that sucks, the only thing that sucks hard is, you know, you can you can turbo your car with Chinese parts. Yeah. The only thing that breaks my, well, it's kind of fixed, I guess, on the East Coast, but the Honda market... I, I've talked to you about this before. Is it's been cheapened? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, nobody wants to put a set of three thousand dollars set of wheels on a car anymore on a Honda. Uh, it's stupid. Uh, people don't want to spend money. I mean, dude, they'll do everything on the outside, right? And Honda got a bad rap on it for all that. You know, mind you, you know that hella flush stuff, yeah. right? You know, <laughs> and then it looked all. I don't know, sort of cheap, you know what I mean? With yeah. whatever Chinese wheels you can put on it and stuff like that. Back in my day, we put, if it was Japanese, we'd put Japanese parts on. And Japanese parts that are made in Japan are, you know, top dollar because you got to import that stuff in, you know what I mean? So um, it was different back in the day. If, if you wanted to have a nice car, you, you paid money for good parts because... If you got caught with cheap parts, you, you get called on in it already. You yeah, I, I mean? think that that's really what's missing in the community is people having that kind of integrity for their build and having an idea of what they want it to look like. For the Honda market on yeah. the show side. Yeah. But the Honda market on the drag side, they dumping some coin on that. Yeah. That, those no. cars are not cheap. Definitely. I want, I want to move are... over into the drag racing stuff soon, but I, I just want you to paint this picture of the... Uh, the show community. Um, I was actually talking. 
I was talking to a few people, um, just trying to get some some back info, and I I talked to uh, R.J. Devera, and he was telling me that you were a stiff competition back in the day. So, um, well, can, can you give me some names of people who were around back in the day that were uh, that were building oh trade cars? Um, not to be an arrogant son of a bitch, but me, um, uh, me, L.J. Garcia, mm-hmm. R.J. Oh, L.J. Garcia. Garcia, Garcia was second gen. First gen, I'll, I'll go first gen, the okay. OGs, right? From the import show off era, right? It was me, RJ DeVera. Um, shit. I have, damn, man. You know what? I'm in the wrong place. I should go in my closet and sh- you want to you might want to move you, uh, you down yeah all right guys we're gonna we're gonna I'll take a break you, for a commercial I'll show you some og stuff bro. okay everybody we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute we all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at but when you really need help who's in your corner when you need parts for your honda you need to visit heeltoeauto.com since 2002, Hilto has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002, it's 2020 right now. That's a long time of experience, man. These social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Hilto's professionalism. Hilto even offers a complete OEM store for all your genuine parts needs. Whether it's for show, race, or just a badass daily, remember that HiltoAuto.com is in your corner. And guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you check them out at Hilltoe Automotive. Please, please go to their page right now, add them, and comment that you heard them on Downtime with Downstar podcast. Next up is Downstar. Downstar is the premium leader in dress-up hardware and engine bay accessories. We have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs. From engine kits, transmission kits, mount kits, clutch lines, brake kits, t-shirts, skateboards, hats lighters damn we got it all we we actually have too much guys so if you can please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at instagram at downstar make sure you give us a follow now back to the show all right guys so if you're just listening you're gonna want to check out the youtube video because ron just took us on uh, quite an adventure from a bunch of uh, old magazines and flyers and stuff like that that's gonna be on the uh, the youtube video so check us out at youtube.com slash downstarring so we're back in the garage, Ron. Uh, take us back to um, 98-ish, 99, when you decided that you were going to stop doing uh, car shows and you were going to focus a little more on uh, on racing. Well, I'll be honest with you. Car shows started to get old. Got you. Especially with what happened at Hot Import Night. It, yeah. it was just time to bow out and, uh, and uh, stop stop doing that sort of thing you know what i mean so i parked the integra and because with car shows it's just you know you just show the car and that's it right yeah. and you build it or whatever right and you're constantly evolving it but after hot import nights long beach i just i just stopped doing it with drag racing it was something new that was always evolving you know what i mean um it was tough especially with the NHRA getting into it. I think they got into it around 99 timing, right? And then, um, you know, sky's the limit, you know, and the feeling. It's one thing when you win in car shows, it's it's a feeling, right? Yeah. And it's a feeling from 1 to 10, 10 being best, like, I don't know, 
like a six or a seven, I guess, right? But when you're at a race and you win or you haul ass or do a number, it's like an 11. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, especially professionally, especially with people covering it in magazines and being noticed for doing amazing things, it's always a good feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So back uh, into uh, drag racing, when did you actually get the CRX? Okay. There's a whole history lesson with the CRX, right? Um, and it's a little sensitive, I guess, even after so many years. Um, the guy who owned this car that was part of uh, the, uh, the IRS team, racing team, right? Um, guy by the name of Robert Sapinoso, right? Um, he wanted to be the fastest on the street, right? Did wanted to do whatever it took, right? And the car started off as a as a CRX DX with a you know that one point five liter motor in it, yeah. I think it was. And so, uh, back in ninety two, mm -hmm. Ed and him decided to put an SI motor in it, a Canadian. SI motor in it. So they get this motor. I'm like going, Dude, you guys are nuts. And didn't know anything about the wiring. <laughs> they actually had wiring diagrams for Hondas at the library. Yeah. Oh, wow. At the library. <laughs> you know, you have to pull the card out, look for stuff in the card. There's no, there's no Google, none of that stuff. Exists. The Dewey Decimal. Yeah, Dewey Decimal system. Oh, there's a wiring diagram. So him and Robert go my buddy's buddy's garage, Tom Jung. He was one of our OG crew members. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they convert the car to SI, right? And it's fucking fast. So Robert Tapinoso, I should have mentioned his name, but, you know, for my guys, you know, Archie, Dina Nano, Captain Neo for me, you know, Sap was pretty fast. In yeah. fact, he beat one of the guys from... Uh, from uh, the UCI crew, uh, what was the name? Mike Ferris crew. Um, Speedline. Speedline. He beat this guy. This one guy with the DA mm -hmm. smoked them in Northridge, right? So the CRX on the street races was fast, and he always tells us, "I want to be the fastest on the street." You're like, cool, right? So you know they worked on Ed. My brother worked on his car, or whatever, and then. Back in the 90s, obviously, you know, there was a lot of gangbanging going on in Orange County. And so, you know, we worked on our car in the garage. And due to, you know, imports, you know, some, if you drove an import, there might be a possibility you're, you're, you're an Asian gangster, right? Yeah. And so due to mistaken identity, right? And mind you, my brother was sitting passenger. Right, uh, I guess a gang went to the car and unloaded like six rounds into this car. Yeah, and the owner was, you know, driving and stopped at a stoplight and uh, unloaded six rounds into the car. And uh, Robert, the owner of the car, took all six rounds. Ed, unhurt, not one scratch. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert died in Ed's hands. 
Oh my god! Last word. Oh, this is. I've never, never talked about this to anybody on the details of what had happened. Um. And so. Robert, Robert died in the car with, with Ed, Ed holding him. Okay. Sort of a sensitive subject, I guess. Yeah. And then, um, um, Ed built up the parents of Robert, sold the car Mm -hmm. to somebody or whatever. Some guy, uh, forgot what the name of the team he was from. Street racing it. Street racing it and racing it. It was being raced at battle, believe it or not. Um, the Giver, Giver Racing, that was the name. And, uh, you know, he was racing it. You know, it wasn't the fastest or nothing, but he was racing it, right? Yeah. So, all of a sudden, Ed started to make a little bit more money. And he, uh, he goes, let's buy that car back. So, uh, I find out, he goes, let's, let's find out who it is and get that car back. That's, that's our family heirloom yeah and uh and in fact uh uh robert was my sister's boyfriend so he's basically our brother so to speak shit my dad loved him everything you know he's part of the family so ed goes let's get that car back find out who that you know find out get contact information from that guy let's get that car back yeah and so I don't remember. I know, I know we paid more than what it was worth at the time, and we got it back. And then Bit Lamb returned that turned that in a race car. Yeah. The moment we acquired it, Bit Lamb came over and started tearing it apart and throwing things out of it. <laughs> started gutting it. And in fact. Uh, one of Bitlam's friends, sort of our first sponsor in a way, Nilo, Nilo Miranda, I think it was. Uh, Bit gave us his motor. <laughs> supposed to go in his car. <laughs> and we put it in there, turbo and everything, and started racing it. Debuted the car, I think, in Sacramento mm-hmm. Raceway. Sacramento Raceway, Ed's first time driving it, racing it, sponsored by JG, tuned it, Nilo provided the motor, and Ed ran, I think, 11-something, 11.30 or something, first time out, and because we're under all the Wicked banner, yeah, just everybody works as a team, Dr. Charles, everybody, you know, whoever was on the team with the race car, uh... And Ed raced with Wicked Banner at, you know, I was a Wicked with the Integra, but yeah. I gave up all that racing to do show stuff. And so Ed just started racing this under the Wicked Banner. And then, uh, you know, a couple people start and Wicked start stopped, started to stop racing, I guess. We kept going. Yeah. And, uh, then the rest is history. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And even, uh, believe it or not, Stefan Papadakis was part of uh, Wicked, too. Really? 
he was wicked with his black Civic. What what year was that? Huh? What year was uh, that? 98, 97. So when yeah. you you guys were in the same car crew together, did you uh did was there a lot of friendly competition? Uh or did that start no, afterwards? We, race, we raced together. Yeah, we raced together. Um to beat uh other teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now what was but it? Yeah, Stefan was part of our crew. What was it like when you guys were racing each other? When it was it was ninety nine and all the you know, everybody's when you, wicked amongst themselves? No, no no, I mean with you you and uh you and Stefan. Oh well, which one? The wicked as wicked? Or no, as wicked? afterwards. Oh, uh, Stefan was always he he always broke barriers with his car. You know, first in the nines, first in the eights, uh, seven. No, we were the first in the sevens import. Mm -hmm. But he was first in the nines, first in the eights. Um. Yeah, and he had to move up a class. Yeah, because he was full tube chassis. So he raced rear-wheel drive cars. Him and Craig Paisley would be fighting each other constantly. Got you. You know what I mean? We got stuck in hot rod or got you. Quick sixteen, oh. they called it back in the day. Okay. Do you guys still speak to this day? Hmm? You and uh, Stefan, do you guys still speak? Yeah, I see him at all the Formula Drift events. He's he. That's one. You know what? He he's one talented motorsports guy. He 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 thinks things through. He does his due diligence. He, he analyzes the situation. He's one of those quiet, dangerous people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't say much, but his actions speak volumes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when he came into this world, he was holding a steering wheel and a crescent wrench. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was sneaky. at. The, he, everybody remembers at the street races, this kid from Huntington Beach in this Civic with nitrous hidden somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... Stefan, Stefan, Stefan Papadakis is, he, he is truly a talented individual. Um, he, he's done well. Drip Arena is a very tough arena. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a judge sport. Uh, there's a lot of psychology behind it. A lot. With drag racing, it was up to you. Yeah. You, you paved your destiny. Either you did a good job with your motor and your driver did the same thing over and over again. You know what I mean? Um, it was, it's black and white with drag racing. You yeah. know what I mean? Either you did a good job or you didn't. You either pushed the envelope and made sure your product, your race car was, was engineered correctly. Yeah. And that was that. You know what I mean? Very finite. With drifting, there's psychology. There's making sure the driver's in a good mood. There's mm. a, being able to communicate. Um, it's very gray. Mm. You know what I mean? And I don't work very good in gray. Yeah. I don't. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't work good in gray. And I didn't, I couldn't, as a team owner, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I, I, I couldn't fathom you're rewarded for destroying the car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't get over that hump. I couldn't get over the hump of the psychology behind it. Yeah. Whereas Stefan, He's had two two different drivers and won championships with both. 
no problem. Yeah. Stefan, he's good. He's good. Shout out to him, the man. Only, the only thing, he almost won the NHRA Pro Rear Wheel Drive Championship one year. I was actually rooting for him, and that was the only accolade that he missed. He's won Wallies, and that's that sort of thing. The only thing he didn't didn't get was a drag racing championship. But, dude, drifting's tough. It's tough. You, there's politics. You got to play good politics. You got to be able to communicate with your driver. You got to be able to have strategy as far as the gray areas are concerned. You got to build a good product. Stefan's been good ever ever since I've known him. Yeah, ever especially since, from no, he's, he's good. What he's doing with the Supra stuff right now is pretty awesome. Uh, and that, and in addition to his. The funny thing is, he's a quiet person, right? But uh, how he strategizes stuff, even in marketing, he's he's pretty damn good. He's damn good. He he, he he's he's talented. I yeah. give him props. Now, you know what I mean? Now uh, that's one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was uh, marketing. Now um, that uh, is that what you do with uh, with Nito? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? is with racing right when you own a race team you got to market mm -hmm. because it you it if if you don't market then you're not going to get sponsorships yeah and you if you don't get sponsorships or sponsorship is such a bad word yeah if you don't form marketing alliances um then you're not going to go racing right and so year after year after year you have to prove yourself and bring return on investment with nitto Nitto is family to me. They're my family. Uh, my uncle, I'll call him my uncle Tomo, right? He's taught me since 1996. Mm. He's my mentor. Uh, he he helped me be the man. He he assisted me in being the man I am today. You know, was that 96? Yeah. So 20, 24 years I've been with Nitto. And I've, I've talked with all, all the people that have been with Nitto. Uh, Harry Kong, my partner, you know, my my partner in crime currently. You know what I mean? Coming up with crazy ideas, doing things out of the box. You know what I mean? Um, it goes hand in hand with marketing. Doing different things. You know what I mean? Same thing with this this podcast we're yeah. doing or you know, this thing we're doing. Uh, even though everybody stay at home, you know, producing quality content you know, i don't know how long this is uh, either everybody's still asleep or still in tune with whatever i'm oh they're tuned this in old, ron this this old man is jibber jabbering no about. they're tuned in <laughs> so um speaking from a guy that's screwed up a lot for the past you know i don't know 30 years 32 in this arena um you have to do different things you know what i mean um, and you get you got to think of different things, you know. Harry, Harry Kong, um, he's always thinking out of the box. He's always thinking about doing crazy things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's jumping trucks over drift cars or doing podcasts, even in this COVID thing. You know what I mean? Uh, rather than staying idle, you know what I mean. Harry gets it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Now, wasn't uh, wasn't Nito uh, one of the sponsors of uh, Import Show Off? Yeah. See, wow. same thing. Uh, Nito's been a major uh, reason, right? As far as spitting, 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 dropping knowledge, right? Um, this Honda scene, right? Obviously, it takes takes a group of people and companies to help build it. Uh, I, I've said it time and time again. Frank Choi, Michael Choi, um, uh, 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 Michael Choi, uh, Frank Choi, right? Uh, Kip Kiddington, uh, Michael Pereira, uh, uh, that helped really blow it up, right? Yeah. And and Tomo Mizutani, Nitto Tires, right? To help bring some influx of some real money to help blow it up. And, you know, Nitto, Tomo got involved with Kip Kiddington, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Support there, uh, support with Frank Choi, support with Battle Imports. Nitto helped pave it, and as well as all these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, John Concialdi on an aftermarket perspective. From AEM? Of AEM. Um, to me, those are the OGs, right? If I forgot you, then that's because I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I've forgotten. But these are the people's names that stand out, that help pave <coughs> not only the Honda market, but the uh, the import market as a whole, huh? Um, the movers and shakers. I love it. To give the respect to to imports in general, huh? Yeah. That help create a domino effect for other companies to get back, get on the bandwagon. Edelbrock. Uh, uh nhra uh you know everything else that came to that <coughs> but <coughs> that's the that's the history of the early 90s when's the, the last 90s. when's the last time that you've been to a honda event should i want to go to the ibok event yeah uh, hell yeah uh i really want to go to that event but it's just Timing, huh? Yeah. Uh, with this COVID thing going on, dude, you know how many events are going to be? It's going to be smashed. Um, Maybe we could do something in Houston for Ibach because the Ibach they do a tour now. Ibach. They're doing the one in Houston. Well, well, um, the guy Ryan, uh, Ryan Hegner, he's the, Hegner, yeah, yeah, Hegner, he's the one that does the show. So uh, we actually do a tour now, and he's always looking to add new cities to it, and. Uh, Man, that might be a selling point to go out to Houston, bring it's out funny. a car. I, I want to go to. I want to go to. Uh, I really want to go to the Cali one. Yeah. Because the Hondas out there, the not to be arrogant about uh, the Honda community in California, right? Yeah. But the way the cars are done in California are. Yeah. Top notch, right? Uh, the only one that can step. In my opinion, step to the mic of Cali Honda cars is Japan. The Japan Honda market is nuts. Yeah. <coughs> um, but uh, if I if I have time, and mind you, we live in a different society now where you have to be really efficient yeah. with your money. Um, if we were in the roaring 2018. No, I probably can come up with 300 bucks on a plane ticket to go out there, but <coughs> if I were to go to any Honda meet, 
I love to go to Eibach meet, man. Oh, man. Okay. I love to go to that event and see the caliber of those Hondas in person. Um, me, with me being used in, I'm just scrolling to check coverage. The two coverages I enjoy are number a uh, tied uh, Japan uh-huh. uh, wet pass. Okay, Japan wet pass looks Japan, pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah, <coughs> Japan wet pass. I think it's in Nagoya or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan wet pass, um, and I think it's tied with California caliber. Yeah, the I, reason I with those the, that is um, they they really follow the uh, the U.S. scene very closely, and there's one of my, my yeah buddies, they did yeah my buddy out there um, Yasu from Exceed. He has a company called Exceed. He uh, he's probably one of the top builders out there in Japan. He's in, he's in Osaka, and uh, some of the cars that he builds is, is amazing. Dude. And he's actually awesome. taken he's taken two cars. <laughs> from from california and now he has them in japan so those cars are gonna live forever in the state that they were um he has uh i'm not sure if you're familiar with uh ryan from rywire uh yeah yeah ryan he built an integra and that's in japan now and then another one of our what yeah and uh that the guy yasu has that thing running yeah and then uh there's there's a few other cars that are out there but man cars out there are awesome for sure um, also uh the east coast has a lot of nice builds on today javier ortega i think it is h day yeah he goes at atco yeah, yeah. Atco uh, actually there. it's it's not at atco anymore and english town's not out there anymore so it's it's moved to um M-I-R. to mir yes M-I-R. yeah which yeah. uh that's that's pretty much the the premier race event that we we have in our community uh, javier is, is a good event Oh, definitely. As far as, as far as what I've seen, coverage, yeah. right? J- Japan and California, that's where it's at. Yeah. Man, nuts. Well, nuts. we're, we're going to get you out here to this Eibach meet. Uh, if I have anything to do with it, we'll definitely have you out there for sure, man. We'll talk about that. But uh, I know we've been on here for a while, Ron. We could go a few more hours. But I just wanted to get your take on the uh the the drag race community as it is as it is today and maybe if there's anything that you can see from the outside that is missing from it that would help the the community grow let me let me talk about the good points yes the the honda drag community the fact that they're dumping that much money into a front wheel drive honda uh is is applaud in itself yeah Standing ovation, amazing. Uh, what they're doing with the cars is amazing. Seven nineties in them, yeah, uh, is amazing. Um, the caliber and the quality of the cars is amazing. I would, and even Jason's car, definitely. Um, that, that it's amazing. Um, I think I think he's listening a little bit uh, to some of the from the old timers yeah from me and Nick. i'm sure he is um, i i talk a lot of shit to him i i don't really i'm like uh i don't really i don't really 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 applaud him too much i just make fun of him as much as i can so it pushes him yeah right talk, i talk as much shit as i can to him um because i want guy. him to be good great guy yeah. man he's done but, a lot for uh, the community he's a little uh, uh he's he's very stubborn <laughs> sometimes because he wants he wants to accomplish it with himself without the old timers yeah. you know and 
us old timers and right you're stupid you know what i mean yeah. you're dumb you know what i mean and i'll, I'll, I'll constantly talk shit um <laughs> but the drag community is that the, the, the quality of the cars is amazing what they're accomplishing out there at mir is amazing yeah definitely. uh jason did pretty good at bakersfield with ed with that 816 um i get calls every time they go testing i make my suggestions um and or make fun of them when i can <laughs> um but i mean i'd love to go mir maybe i can go this year i don't know right yeah. i want to go i've been wanting to go for the past four or five years um uh, i'd love to get back into the mix okay. it'd be nice Perfect. but it's not going to happen or at least drag racing or even crewing you know what i mean i'd love to go as a crew member but my schedule's so impacted and nitto's my first priority definitely um but uh, uh the honda community as far as drag racing is amazing that's on the good side yeah bad side um i've heard disturbing i mean i don't even think i have the right to uh to comment on it but i hear things about it mm -hmm. that there's, there's no synergy but it's okay not to have synergy okay don't get me wrong it's okay not to have synergy and that camaraderie yeah because <coughs> uh competition is fierce yeah. and i understand that okay but in my time, right, uh, I personally probably, eh, no, I guess I got along with, with GM, all right? I mean, when the lights went down on the strip, we were enemies. Yeah. Or not even when the lights went down. When we got in the staging lanes, we were enemies. There's no doubt about it, right? But when when we were uh, in the pits, right, in, next to our trailers, everybody helped out everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it's been a while since I was at the drag races as a, 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 a competing on a team level. Um, where after dark, we'd live at the racetrack and you know we'd cause havoc and mayhem and talk shit. It, it was it was family. Yeah, you know what I mean. Nero, uh, Duilla, Jason Hunt, we all got along. We all talked shit. We all drank beer together, hung out, uh, shared parts. Uh, do you have this? Do you have that? Oh, I have this here, here. You know, we gave away parts nonstop. Yeah. Um, I think some of the reports I hear about the non-camaraderie mm -hmm. could be wrong. I think I, I have a feeling it's wrong. I think the camaraderie is probably still there. You know what I mean? But that's the only thing negative I've heard about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think with this but, day and age with social media, it makes things uh, seem a lot more inflated than it really needs yeah. to be. But uh, the guys are definitely pushing hard, pushing forward. And, um, you know, they're coming up with a lot of different classes. The all-motor cars are going faster than they ever have. Nitro. The nitro, yeah. the uh, all-wheel drive stuff, you know, sport foam wheel drive. It's just, it's here's just going the thing crazy. Here's think about, right? Yeah. Here, here's the, the, the question, right? Why is Honda racing so humongous mm -hmm. on the East Coast? You know what I mean? Why why isn't it just as big on the West Coast? That that's the question. That was actually you know I mean? one of my questions <laughs> that I had for you. I was hoping that you had yeah. the answer. You know what it is? You you know what it is? I know what exactly what it is. Right? Yeah. Palmdale went away. Mm -hmm. Palmdale's gone. 
place was an hour and a half away from LA. Right? Bakersfield's what, three hours? Yeah. Right? So it's a matter of convenience, right? If you don't have a place to play, why build? Yeah. Right? Fontana, I don't know really what goes on there, right? But with the East Coast, you have so many racetracks. Yeah. Within you know an I mean? hour and a half. To do it, right? Florida, tons of racetracks. Yeah. To do it, right? Whereas on the West Coast, there ain't no racetracks. What do you got? Bakersfield? You're going to drive three hours to go to Bakersfield? Yeah. Fontana's limited from what I hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. You're right. You got? You're right. That's it. So uh, that's probably why it's so big on the East Coast. Um, there's so many racetracks. Um, drag racing is a big thing over there. It's just, you know, fuck, you can't go, you can't go racing at Pomona. The yeah. sound ordinances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the thing, the fear of anything is, uh, the, the, the way racetracks have gone away in California. It's only a matter of time. So that happens to the East coast. Yeah. If it does, let's hope not. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're a little tucked away, so it should be. Well, All right. you got me on a tangent. Okay. Well, let, let's 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 switch over to uh, more positive stuff. Okay. Um, I'll I'll edit that out. I'm actually gonna edit this all tonight, so it's fresh in my mind. Already? Um, all right. Yeah. So, um, on the subject of uh, current day drag racing, um, I was watching the Huffy talk that we did in 2018 to prepare for this uh podcast and one thing that you did mention and uh, you didn't want to mention it then i don't know if you want to mention it now is um some of these cars that you've seen you see things that they're missing under the hood um there's a lot of drag racers that are going to be listening to this they all look up to you and not about that subject but is there any advice that you can give them to maybe uh, help them get to the next level? Uh, maybe something. Don't look at what other people are doing. Don't look at what other people are doing. Don't don't follow what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Don't be a bunch of sheep following following the same placement of a turbo or yeah. you know what I mean. Know know what you think seems right. You know what I mean. Do something different. Do the um, Willy Bar. Don't, don't don't copy don't copy ev- what everybody else is doing. Do something different. Yeah. Um, be passionate about uh, what you want to do and go outside of the box to accomplish it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's one thing to take what you know works and then build upon it. You know what I mean? But uh, the ro- I haven't been in that arena so. Um, I can't really comment too much, but what, what I can comment is what I've seen on coverage mm-hmm. and what I hear from uh, second reports is everybody, like I heard every all the fastest guys, there's only one tuner mm. for all the fastest guys, really. Really? Mm-hmm. Why not sit down and learn how to tune and then figure out how to think outside of the box and then talk to people talk to that guy who's tuning everybody's stock yeah just to compare notes and then think outside the box you know what i mean gotcha um, that's my advice and don't be afraid don't be afraid to try something new you know what i mean i'm not saying you know to do something that that's gonna ruin it or something but think outside of the box be creative you know what yeah. i mean try something within Operate in the gray area. <laughs> I love it, Ron. 
Hey, I'll so in the gray area. um, people would really, really love to see you out at events. I'm gonna do my best to uh, make that happen. I'll keep in touch with you once we figure out what's going on. Once the uh, the date for Ibok is released and we know that we're back to normal and then hopefully we get you out to h day as well you know check out mir see see an event something over there but uh, uh w- we miss you in the community man we would love to uh have you around for sure no thank you and then um uh if you want it's up to you right um uh if you have any other questions i don't mind chiming in for an hour once a week you know what i mean or once every two weeks it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter guys you heard it here first the way the way the way i see it is i mean i'm old i'm i'm outdated i guess yeah right because i'm not in the scene but if if anybody has questions hey man i'm happy to help from my experiences you know what i mean i'm happy to help for a passion for the honda sport i love that it's doing well on the east coast not so much on the west coast but you know you have some guys down there but um it's always a warm and fuzzy feeling inside seeing all the honda guys uh going above and beyond mm-hmm. and pushing the envelope uh uh with drag racing uh for uh, any honda racer uh honda honda any honda racer who loves hondas i don't care if it's drag i don't care if it's road racing i don't care what it is if they're racing a honda or an acura and pushing envelopes i applaud you and you're doing you're doing more than me right you're doing more than me i'm not even i'm not even racing okay? you did the foundation but, <laughs> eh, I'm, I'm old and i have res- financial responsibilities to my family and stuff like that i i wish i wish i wish i can get back into it and and be able to support my family doing it i mean i'd love to do it back in the heyday but i know that's not viable right now I mean, just you, know you I mean? being, just showing up on podcasts, you know, maybe we'll do a live or something like that. Just have people yeah, I don't mind. hear if, the story. If I can help out, if I can help out in the Honda community uh, racing, I, I'll be happy to give my, my output, you know what I mean, from my experience, right? It could be something as simple as aligning a car yeah. or, 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 or launch strategies gotcha. or or this is what it's doing on the road race course oh add a little camber here try a little toe in here or a toe out here whatever um i'm old and uh i have a lot of i have experience fucking up for a long time right and i can tell you what i've experienced and you can take that with a grain of salt either try it or not try it you know what i mean whether it be and that's in a broad range marketing um uh, how to present yourself in racing, yeah. mind you, um, you know, uh, I I figure figure it's for me. I'm 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 very I'm a very God fearing person, right? And so if I can help another human being, and these are in the greatest words of Kobe Bryant, um, rest his soul. Uh, if you can make yourself a better version of yourself, and if I can help, then I'm in. I'm in. If I can make an impact in in people's lives to make their lives better, that are more productive and make them a better human being, I'm in at all costs. You know what I mean? Thank you, man. I I appreciate that. Even with my busy schedule, even if it's 30 minutes, 
answering questions or just talking with you, you know, or who, whoever's a Honda enthusiast or just as a human being in general, I'll be happy to be a, be a nice human being to another nice human being. You know what I mean? Ron, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm definitely going to keep in contact with you, and I want to keep you in the mix of everything that's going on in the Honda community. Uh, we need we need to have the OGs around, and we need to show you guys the love that you deserve, man. And I appreciate everything you've done uh, for the no, community. Just happy, happy to help. And, you know, as you get older, you want to feel young again. And so, you know, you shoot the, sh shoot the shit yeah. about what had happened in the past makes me feel when i see dates like 1995 and stuff like that i feel a little older but you know reminiscing about the past and stuff like that is fun um but i'd be i'm happy to do it you know what i mean Fuck it. it's probably already 10 o'clock for me we started this at what 7 30 <laughs> yeah but I, i'm happy i'm happy to be proactive thank you um, if anybody has any questions that's up to you uh up to you frank you know on you know whether or not you want to do it if if i was boring or whatever you no. know so be it but i i could go for questions i could go for a few more I'm, hours I'm happy to help. thank I'm you happy ron to help. i appreciate it well i'm you know, on I'm a technical level I'm personally going to keep in touch with you. Uh, I have a lot of ideas that we could work together. I think it would be really cool to have you out at these events. Uh, but for everybody listening right now, where can they follow you at to keep uh, to keep up with your, your day -day? Uh, Well, uh, us old geezers, we use Facebook. Okay. Um, as some of us use Instagram. All the the young the the biggest thing everybody's using right now is Instagram, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not a proprietor of TikTok because it's Chinese owned. Yeah. You gotta watch your data. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a citizen of the United States. Um, I because I'm a citizen of the United States, and especially after what happened with COVID. Yeah. Um, I I want I want to support U.S. products. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, that sort of thing. Um, unfortunately, I have an Apple phone, but uh, but then again, it was invented in America, so I guess that sort of counts, yeah. right? Maybe. <laughs> Unfortunately, a Nike sneakerhead, which are made in China, but U.S. invented it, right? Um, I hope, uh, so in a nutshell, you know, uh, you, uh, now I'm, here's my senior citizen coming out. I don't remember what the fuck. We'll have your about. Facebook and we'll have your Instagram I'll go below. Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Um, I try to keep up with it. Yep. I, 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 you'll have to excuse me if I go dormant for a while. It's because I'm going to events or whatever i'll try to keep up with that um i'd like to uh i don't know how you'll have to excuse me i'm I, I, i'm learning but i wouldn't mind doing a, a q a okay you know, on a saturday morning you know what i mean and answer questions for an hour every saturday most likely i'll turn into two hours but um, i like helping people you know I really what like helping people. We'll, we'll go ahead if and do something like that yeah, uh, we did it last time, and I answered five million questions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, think that that was the best one that we I had. I think I was on for like two and a half hours, yeah. right? and I didn't mind it, um, and, but I, I like to help people. You know what I mean? Uh, if it's motorsports, cool. If it's finding sponsors, cool. You know what I mean? Uh, if it's finances on how to run a race team and knowing how much money you want to take a risk, I'd love to help from my experience. You know what I mean? Could Definitely. be anything. Okay. You know, perfect. Uh, personal stuff, maybe not so much, but you know, if I have to, and you're, 
if you're in dire straits, I'm there for you. I don't mind helping strangers. I don't. I love it. I don't mind helping strangers. I know I know God's watching above and I know God and to put you honestly, my retirement, I'd love to just help people and not get paid for it. Right now I'm I got I gotta I gotta take care of my family, but my retirement is I wanna help as many unfortunate people as I can. I love it, Ron. You're a you're a good person, man, and I um I thank you for spending this time with me and um, reliving these uh, these memories, nostalgic, and, and educating you know. me, man. I I really appreciate it, Ron, and and uh, I thank you for your time. Okay, cool. And then uh, if you want to do this, just let me know what's possible. Okay. Obviously, you you're an enabler. Um, just let me know. I I'd be happy to help. Um. It's a lot easier doing it through this medium. Yeah, than definitely. Through, through emails and texts and that sort of thing. Um, I guess, I guess, damn. Uh, yeah, I guess if anybody has any questions, you just Instagram message me. I'll do my best to answer them. Perfect. You know what I mean? I'll but put- this, medium, this medium that we're doing is a lot easier, and I can answer questions on the fly. You know what I mean? Thank you, Ron. You know, uh, uh, the, I don't know. You can call it the... The Ron Hour. I don't, I don't <laughs> there know. it is. Or, or, or here, an, an, an hour with a grumpy old man. <laughs> I you know love I mean? it, man. The Ron Hour. I, I don't know. Ron B Hour. Ron know, Hour. Whatever. But I'd be happy to help. Ron, you're the man, bro. Thank you so much. And, uh, you're welcome. If you guys made it to the end, I know you enjoyed yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, and I apologize for Go. rambling on. I hope it was somewhat entertaining oh but, it was great you know, these, these old fuckers they ramble on non-stop i can't wait to put this out oh man. and then uh just mad props mad props to mamba mentality you know what i mean um i hope everybody follows that mamba mentality mad props to my brother my brother's ed vince sav kurt ramel Derek. uh i think that's everybody i miss you guys even though we talk, you know, at least maybe once a week, once a month. Um, uh, they're the reasons why we, we did so well as a team. Uh, mad props for Nitto. Uh, all the people behind Nitto that believed in this industry, that helped propel it. Um, uh, uh, all the viewers out there, get Nittos. They're good. <laughs> I, 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 that's my... That's my my shameless prop. My I love shameless, it. <laughs> uh, my shameless plug right there. There we go. I'm going to need some nittos. And they're good. They're good for everything. Uh, trucks, you name it. Yeah. Get nittos. Nittos, baby. Uh, there we go. Um, uh, thanks to uh, also Joe Napoleon for enabling, na- enabling the team to follow this crazy electric project. And we're still doing crazy stuff to this day. Uh, mad props to my wife who they say with every great racer there's a great woman supporting him you know what i mean or her uh racing's a very hard thing uh it takes toll on the family because of all the long hours um that big props to everybody out there who's still racing hondas to this day I, i i bow down to you i i applaud you for still racing these goofy front wheel drive things you know what i mean with these small little motors yeah mad props to all the people that are still racing hondas and accurate to this day uh, mad props 
the Honda and Acura who, who, who enabled this to happen. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for them, even for me, none of this would have happened. Um, and mad props to all the people who paved the way that we just discussed. Um, all of it. You know, Ken Miyoshi, Frank Choi, um, that in this case, I'm just, I'm hoping that these people that paved the way can, can, can see, see it, see it through one, one, one more thing, right? One more, one more thing. <coughs> if you were able to be successful in the past, right, you can still be successful in the future. It's just a matter of finding that ferocity again. There's only, I mean, the only last two people standing that are still sort of in it is obviously Ed's still racing. Mm -hmm. I'm still in the mix of it. And Steph, I don't remember anybody from OG that is still in. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. uh, all these people that... Uh, Dr. Charles. Them. Obviously, John Calcialdi's still in it, but there are certain people mentioned that aren't in it anymore. Yeah. That aren't promoting, that aren't... Uh, get back into it or figure something out. You know what I mean? Because I know if you were successful in the past, you can be successful in the future. You know what I mean? Um, but all the people that were in it, you know, maybe there's some way, somehow. But always, I, I, I pray for you guys um, to somehow make your way through to be, be the best you possible. You know what I mean? Uh, you were the best you back in the day. There, there's probably a strong probability you can be the best you again. You know, but uh, all the people that are down and out, um, especially with this COVID stuff, um, I pray for all of you that have been uh, uh, on a side note, besides all the Honda stuff and all this stuff we talked about. Um, I pray that everybody's safe out there. Um, uh, this, this has been a big, big hit on everybody uh, financially, all the people out there. My prayers are out to you if you've been affected hardcore by this COVID stuff. Um, I pray that, you know, you rise from it. Um, never. One thing we always said uh, before, Vinny uh, Tenth million, do million dollars, million ideas thing is one thing. But one thing uh, to remember, even after all this COVID shit, um, you know, everybody's going to be affected. This, it's going to, there's going to, hopefully there won't be a post negative thing about this but if you've been hit remember these words never say die ever i love it ever you get hit down rise back up and if you get hit again rise back up you get again rise back up keep fighting keep fighting okay perfect that, this is on a human level but uh, I pray for all of you. I pray for all of you to be healthy. I pray for you guys to make yourself better, uh, best version of yourself mentally and physically. Huh? Uh, me, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, this show didn't help me out. I, 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 I was on my way to quitting. Right? <laughs> I don't smoke at, I don't smoke at home. Right? I only smoke at work. I'm trying to quit, but it's like you get me in this and I'm smoking. Right? Uh, I don't. 
I know I was smoking on TV. It's not a bad thing. I, I, I don't condone smoking. I don't condone street racing. I'm trying to fight my way of making myself a better person. But uh, one day, I'll hopefully soon, I'll quit. I'm almost there. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. But take, take care of yourself physically. Um, life sucks, right? But you always come back up. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's not, life's not rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. But stay strong and know that when it, it's not always going to be up. You know what I mean? Sometimes it goes down and then you fight some more. You fight some more. You, one thing's true. You don't have to be smart. Okay. You don't have to have mad skills, right? Just work hard. It'll come in time. Mad skills and, you know, being smart. Just know to work hard even when you're down. You know what I mean? I love but health and mind. Health and mind. Do your best. Ron. I pray for all of you that were affected. I hope you never say die. And do best you can. And, you know, just uh, for me, you know, you're free to do whatever you want. But for me, I pray a lot. I pray a lot. And God, God's listening to me. God is good, man. Fran. God is good all the time. All the time. All the time. Thank all you, brother. I appreciate yep, you're it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you to everybody listening. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsor, Heel Toe Automotive. Uh, make sure you guys check them out, heeltoeauto.com, if you guys need to get some uh, parts for your Honda. A parts retailer, been around since 2002. Great guy. And um, Ron, you're a legend, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. And we're definitely going to we're gonna see you soon. Uh, buy Nittos. Buy Nittos, <laughs> Nittos, guys. I promise you, they're good. They're really good. This is downtime of Downstar, and we out. Peace.